Hello and welcome to the Say Yes Movement Podcast. Hey Heather, how's it going? It's going good, John. It's uh, you know what I, I had a crazy weekend. How about yourself? You know what? This weekend was pretty wild. You know, from Friday to Saturday, and you know, we'll get into it. But it, it was, it was, you know, how do I explain? It? So it was a bit of what's happening today, like in terms of just. The modern era and then i also had an opportunity to step into the past on Ooh. on saturday night so yeah i know i'm, I'm excited to share <laughs> what, what does that mean tell about? me more now that i know that i created fun. a mystery okay so for all the speakers or potential speakers or people who want to become speakers you're already speakers so you should know this already but create mystery around what you're going to talk about it it pulls people in and people you know typically people want to typically know more so, hey, Roger. Yes, actually, you know, funny. Um, I was actually with Roger on, on Friday night. We had the opportunity to be mentors to a group of speakers that were going to be presenting on their stage as part of the Amplified Voice program. And it was an amazing event. Like, it was so, you know, it, it was amazing to listen to the stories. It was amazing to be a part of that, to be a part of their journey Roger, myself, and unstoppable Tracy, for those of you that are familiar with her, um, the three of us were mentors and we provided some tips and insights in terms of what to do once you get on stage and really how to show up with presence. And can I tell That's a you- powerhouse. All, yeah. I can't even imagine having one of you coach me, Never mind three of you. Whoa, that is fantastic. It, it, it was beautiful to have all 10 speakers up on stage sharing their passion story, you know, their their- their signature talk, essentially, mm. it was it was truly amazing, and, and just to be a part of that experience. And you know, we had it was a bit of a competition. So Roger, myself, and Tracy, we had to essentially judge, you know, these speakers. And can I tell you, it was a difficult task, right? Like it was so close in terms of how you know people showed up on stage and how they used their entire body to deliver the, uh, the the speech so using their body language but even the definitions of their words right the the languaging that they used it was such a beautiful thing like what an incredible incredible experience and i'm so honored that you know gabby gave me the opportunity to be a part of that gabby mamone uh, just to be a part of that venue and to be a part of that special night for these people that were getting on stage for some of them for the first time so well, it was, you know, you know, you know what I love journeys, right? Yeah. And, and I love that it was for the first time, but you know, people say, Oh, I could never do public speaking. I could never do that. Look at, you know, and they look at these mentors or these people that are a few steps ahead of them. And what, what I think is important is that we break it down and let everyone know that public speaking is a process. It isn't, you know, Oh, I have massive confidence and then I can public speak. It really is a process and you just sort of broke it down and did you guys just lose Heather? Shout out to Gabby and everybody involved. Yes. Hey. Um, I don't know what happened to Heather. So I'm going on the assumption she's no longer here with us. But yeah, I know she, she was just talking about how public speaking is a process. And, you know, one of the lines that I picked up in an event years ago was, you know, every master was once a disaster. And, you know, when we get up on stage and we're talking for the first time, we're not at our best. Right. I remember being on stage for the first time and really not, you know, knowing what to do, nervous, being a complete wreck, sweaty palms, butterflies in the stomach. 
It was incredibly tough. Uh, we just lost Heather. I'll give her an opportunity to get back. But yeah, I know just to, to be a part of that, you know, when you show up and, you know, what was amazing about all these speakers is, you know, no matter what happened, they, they went back to a place where they found their story. And, you know, one of the things I'm a firm believer in is we all have a story. We all have the opportunity to make that impact through the journey that we've gone through. You know, for the longest time, while I was going through my own personal journey in my life, I, I never thought that I had a story. I never thought I had a story that was worth sharing with the world. And, you know, I had to dig deep. I worked with mentors like, and Roger, you know this, Neil Dunsmore. He's, you know, to me, he's a mentor and, you know, he's given me some great sage advice as, you know, as I've gone through my own personal speaking journey. And, you know, one of the things that always resonated with me through him was, you know, we all have a story. We all have that ability to create impact. And the other piece I learned from Neil was this, you know, everybody wants to see you succeed. Everybody, nobody wants to see you fail once you get up on that stage. And it's one of the things that we talked about in our workshop, because when you get up in front of people, they're giving you the most valuable currency they have, which is their time. And because they're sharing their time with you, they're there to learn something. You know, and I honor that by making sure that I deliver the best value. Um, I honor that by making sure that I provide, you know, the best information that I can. But I'm also there, you know, I honor them by being the most prepared that I can be. I practice, I practice, I practice. And I remember I attended one of Roger's workshops where he talked about how many iterations of his, uh, his winning speech. So when he won third place in the international speech competition for Toastmasters, he, Roger, I don't know if the number is correct, but I think you said it was 150 revisions of your speech to get to that place where it just felt perfect. And that's what I mean. So it's all about, you know, putting in the work, getting practice like that starts to build your confidence, you know, when you're getting up on stage. So I don't want to make this all about public speaking, but, you know, the, the one thing we don't show up as masters, you know, we show up as disasters initially and through time, through practice, through getting it wrong several, several times, you know, that's where we really start to refine our craft. And, you know, quick little story back in 2016. And one of the things I committed to was really going out there and being, I wanted to be a professional speaker. I wanted to be a professionally paid speaker. And one of the things I learned from Brian Tracy is he said, and I read, I was reading one of his articles one day and he said, you know, to be a professionally paid speaker, you have to deliver 300 speeches. So I was on that. I was on a mission at the end of 2015, at the start of 2016, to just deliver 300 speeches in a year, because I wanted to make sure if there was any way that I could fast track this was just by getting out there and doing more practice, delivering more speeches, being in front of more people, to get to a place where I felt incredibly comfortable. And so I got out there. I delivered. I delivered. I delivered, and I delivered 366 speeches that year. 365 speeches that year. Luckily, it was a uh, a leap year, so I had a bit of a buffer, but I got into the I got into the rhythm of just getting into a place where I felt comfortable being up in front of people. Wait a minute, we got Heather; she's coming back. <laughs> hey, Heather. Hey, John. Oh, so this is a perfect example of going. You know, practice makes perfect, and working through IT issues. So there's something going on in my neighborhood. Everything just went down. So. Um, thank you for whatever you said in between there to fill in the blanks. But this is a really good lesson for everyone in that how speaking being a process, but so is working through 
things going wrong. That's mm. a process. And me and John, we've actually practiced things going wrong. And what will we do when that happens? And we have, you know, documented processes for when things don't go right. And that's how you can see John just looks cool, cool as a cucumber. You know, I just try to get back on. I was trying on my phone and my laptop at the same time. And it's just a process. And you just don't sweat the small stuff. Wait a minute. I don't know if that. I'm as cool as a cucumber, but yeah, so I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're exactly. right. You know, so you, you have to expect the unexpected, right? And I know Roger is a speaker. He knows this, right? When you get up on stage, your mic might stop working. So you have to project a little bit louder. If you're using slides, and this is why I typically try to avoid slides, is there something wrong with the tech and that doesn't work? You gotta, you have to be able to deliver your presentation without having visuals, mm. right? Like you and I, we both do this. Um, our visuals are aids, right? And we talk about visuals as a way of getting and emphasizing the words that we're saying. But the truth is we don't need the visuals to do a presentation on anything that we talk about, right? Unless we want to show specific yeah. things. And not because we're choosing, but because we practice, practice, mm. practice. And we know our body, we've, we've created muscle memory for the flow of the conversation. And, you know, the best part about it, John, and, and, and this is something we teach in our course, no one else, except for anyone that watched you do a practice, knows when you skip a piece or say something different. That's the best part. So even if you don't do it exactly like you thought it would, nobody knows. And that's the beauty of public speaking is only you know. And you know, we teach the small little process, but we also teach the big processes like breathing, getting rid of your ums and ahs, yeah. you know, presence on stage. It's it it really is a magical process. And just, you know, stay calm. Just yeah. Stay calm. Yeah. You know, th there was one exercise and Roger, I hope it's okay if I just share it with everybody, but there was one exercise where Roger had everybody come close together. Right. Like, and I mean, like really uncomfortably close, like we're like, all right, we're close. We're, we're, we're together. And what was beautiful about that exercise is, is really the symbolism behind it. We're all together as we go through this. And as speakers, mm. it's not a competition, right? Even though it was competition, like just, you know, in terms of delivery, in terms of story and all those things, but it wasn't a competition. It was all about community. And it was a community coming together, supporting each other to rise, you know, raise everybody up. And, you know, it was a beautiful thing, right? Like everybody just came together. Everybody cheered everybody on. And, you know, at the end of the day, even with the winners, um, you know, we had to pick three place winners and uh, there was a people's choice award as well. Um, you know, just having everybody there as a community supporting each other, like, like, like it was just so beautiful. It was so beautiful. And I think about, you know, if this transition, this type of feeling and, and this type of connection transitioned into the workplace, what mm -hmm. that could mean for the workplace, right? Instead of people competing against each other, everybody's supporting each other and raising each other up. Well, Just, I think that's one was... of the mistakes that people, that corporations mm -hmm. are making in that they're bringing people back to the office and they're having like a potluck. And they're like, oh, we're all connected as opposed to really curating a community where we're all cheering for each other and supporting each other. And that's the, really the missing puzzle piece. And, you know, now that COVID is sort of behind us and, and we can get together with larger groups. We can get face to face with people. <laughs> I think, you know, we're going to see that community flourish a lot more. Uh, you know, tomorrow you're going to join me at a, a friend of mine's book launch. And actually I'm showcased as one of the chapters in that book. And I'm excited about this because I'm so excited for his book to launch. 
because it's based on how not to lose an employee. Um, so employee retention, which is something that I'm so passionate about, yeah. but honestly, just in a, a small conversation, you know, he's like, I want to hear more about your stories. And I started to tell him my stories about what I did with my teams. And he wrote about it. He wrote about it in a chapter. So, you know, we're going to come together as a community to celebrate the success of someone. And that's what's missing in the corporate world. We've got to be finding reasons to celebrate individuals and teams and and really step into that celebration, not just, you know, an award or just like a, you know, a clap, but truly celebrating people. Yeah. No, you know, there's something so, oh man, you know, it was interesting. I was having a chat with somebody about this yesterday, right? And And the way you build confidence, the way you create and have a winning attitude is by finding the wins and the things that you do every day, right? Yes. Right. So one of the things I know we do every Friday, and hopefully you are all with us on Friday. And, you know, I want you to share your wins because when you have the opportunity and my, you know, our good friend Gunjin, who's who's a regular on our program, who who tunes in, he talks about finding daily wins, right? Those wins every single day. It's like, okay, to you know, if your if your goal is to you know watch what you eat, right? You know, create a healthier lifestyle in terms of diet for yourself. A win could be something as simple as not having a croissant, right? Not having the croissant, having the apple instead. That's a win, right? And every time we celebrate a win, we are stacking the wins. Mm -hmm. And when we stack the wins, we create that winning attitude. It's like, yeah, you know what? I'm winning today. Because even when we get those setbacks, those setbacks don't really set us back because we know that we can win just by doing one small step, right? And both of you, both of us, we've gone through that, you know, through this physical transformation in ourselves over the last year and a half where we've created new versions of ourselves because we celebrate those little wins along the way. And I remember the first time you told me, Hey, I just, I released five pounds. I'm like, Oh, that's so awesome. Right. <laughs> it was so cool. And I shared with you, you know, Oh man, I'm down five pounds. You know, it, it, it's just these little wins, right. You know, I'm eating healthier. I'm eating better. I'm, you know, I'm watching what I mean. I'm drinking more water. Like these yeah. little things are the wins that get us to where we are today. That got us here. Right. And, you know, even today I, I went out for, uh, I did a 5k run and it's, you know, yes, I did a, an Ironman 70.3, but the run, you know, I haven't run since that event because I've been scared of it. But today I'm like, you know what? No, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get onto, I'm gonna, I did a treadmill run today and I'm just going to move and I'm going to try to do it in as, as fast a pace as I can. Wait, wait, can we explore that a little bit? Because I think our listeners need to hear the backstory. So you did an Ironman and then you're scared of a 5K. Can you say more about this? (laughs) Well, no. So I wasn't scared of the 5K. I was just scared of running again. And and the reason for that was because of what it like. like, So this is the piece that I didn't share with everybody. But my knee is not 100%. Right. So my left knee has not been 100 percent since June of 2021. So it's been a long time that my knee's not been feeling well. So I've been physio and doing all these treatments for it. So every time I run, my knee is sore for like two or three days. So part of the reasons why I always saved my runs, you know, was because of my knee, because I would always have to give myself extra rest time. So if I, I ran, I would take a rest day and then I would swim and then I would get back on the bike. So my knee would be fine. So there's that that's kind of sitting in my head every time I go out for a run. It's like, you know, there's going to be like a two, three day recovery until I can start doing something else. Right. Mm. So 
so I'm not so much scared of it, but it's I'm scared of not being able to work out because of it, right? Yes. So, yes. so what I, I love, found- I love this story, John, because you're 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 scared of it. You're having pain. You're going. You're doing all the right things, but you're actually you're not saying, oh, I can't work out at all, which is the story a lot of people would say. They'd be like, I I can't bike, I can't swim, I can't do anything. And then they start to spiral down. And what you're actually saying is I just can't run every day. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to do these other things. And, you know, that that is compromise, but it's also taking care of you. And you wouldn't have that belief system if you didn't know, try it on, if you didn't try it on, do the swim, do the, do the run mm-hmm. and, and, and do those little things to see how far can you push your knee? You know, I was watching the the Netflix uh, tour de France. I don't know if you've watched this yet, but <laughs> I haven't watched uh, it yet, but I've heard it's really good. It's really, really good. And uh, you know, this is a, of course, elite athletes that are you know pushing themselves to the absolute limit. Mm-hmm. But let me tell you that, that tour de France is not about being a great biker. That is, that Tour de France is about being mentally strong up here. Mm-hmm. Every single one of those, I, they, obviously it's edited to, to show you this, but you can see the moment that they go into disbelief and therefore they cannot ride. And mm-hmm. it's so important that we understand that this, our mental state drives how our body shows up for us and then drives how we're going to perform. It's not the other way around that our body tells the, the brain how to perform. It isn't that way. So although your your knee isn't the best at, at, at its 100%, your brain is telling it, oh, well, keep going. You got this. Move. And, you know, it's <laughs> listening. So it's it's doing those things. I love it. Yeah, no, 100%. And thank you, Felicia. You're right. The little wins build up the big wins. It's so powerful when you put yourself into a place it's almost like, you know, and, and this was a tip I got from, it was from Sultana Keith. He's, he's a great, he's a friend of mine. He's done some, man, I, I don't know how many Ironmans he's done so far, but I know he's done a few. And one of the tips he gave me is you almost have to step out of your body and you got to tell your body, just go, right? Like when I, when I was going through this Ironman 70.3, there were moments where my body was yelling at me. It wasn't happy with what I was doing. And it's like, like, dude, like, you got to stop, right? Um, so I, I would, you know, I almost separated myself from my body and said, look, you just got to go. You got to do what you got to do. Fix yourself. <laughs> Get yourself into a position that's not so painful and just go, mm-hmm. right? Like, you tell your body what to do, right? For the most part, your body does a lot of things instinctively, right? You never have to think about breathing. You never have to think about your heart pumping the blood through your body. It does that all instinctively. But you can also give your body instruction and say, you know what, you're not running right. Like when I would start to feel it in my knee or in my leg, because, you know, whether I was on the bike or on the run, I would tell my body, adjust it to a place where you're going to feel comfortable. Mm. You know what was funny? My body would just adjust itself to a place where it felt comfortable. And, you know, wow. the more, you know, and I, I, I got into that place where my body started to do more of what I wanted it to do because I was, I was in the driver's seat. Right. I was I was driving the bus. It wasn't the bus driving me. Right. And a lot of times the bus drives the person and not the other way around. So, you know, you got to step into that place where you got to be mentally strong here. And anytime you get into those activities, but even speaking is a mental game. Right. Like you can do all the mechanics. You can get into a place where 
Um, you know, you have the perfect speech, but up here, if you think that you're going up on stage and people don't like you, or if you think that you're, you're in a place where people are not going to like your content, they're not going to like the way you deliver, they're not going to like the way you sound, doesn't matter how perfect the mechanics of your speech are, it's just not going to come out in a way that's going to resonate with everybody. Okay, so John, we've got to give a call to action because there's so much good stuff here. I think this week, what is one small thing that you can do every single day? Just mm. one small thing that is going against some sort of limiting belief for you. So, you know, is it that I can't walk because my knee hurts? Well, you know what? Walk around the block. Just, you know, one small thing that's going to get you to that next level and do it every single day this week. And you can send me and John a note. Let us know what that one thing is. We'll keep you accountable. I guarantee you. And uh, I think that's that's the call to action. And, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm not feeling my best today, but I'm going to go walk to the beach after this. It's got to be done today. Yeah. No, I love it. I love it. I love it. And I love the commitment to just being, you know, one of the things I'm, I'm, I'm sharing with everybody is just get active, you know, just move 30 minutes and whatever that is. Right. And cutting your grass can count. Right. Like, yes. So, so just get out there, do something right? Because your body is going to thank you for it too. You know, one of the lines, and as I wrap up, the one of the lines I heard last year that really sticks with me is motion is lotion. So the more you move, the more your body gets to move things around and the better you're going to feel. So motion is lotion. Something to leave you with as you go into your activity for Monday. So just remember when you shift your mindset, you shift your life. Wishing you all a great one. See you on Wednesday. Take care, everybody.